Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to The Shift, the podcast that aims to tell the no-holds-barred truth about being a woman post-40. Created and hosted by me, writer and broadcaster, Sam Baker. A few months ago... I read an article that took my breath away. The author was 102 years old, and in it she wrote candidly about losing her partner in life and work after 46 years. Not because he'd passed away, but because he'd handed her divorce papers. That would have floored most of us, but despite being sideswiped, Dr Gladys McGarry picked herself up, started a new medical practice with her daughter, and then became a speaker, author, and all-round inspiration. And all that at the age of 70. Since then, Dr. Gladys, who's known as the mother of holistic medicine, has received countless awards, including the Humanities Award for Outstanding Service to Mankind. At 85, she traveled to Afghanistan to teach rural women safer birthing practices. At her 90th birthday party, she jumped out of her birthday cake. And at 102, she became the proud owner of an adult tricycle. Who is this woman? And how does she do it? I had to know. I finally wrote Bill, my husband, a letter thanking him for giving me my freedom because that's what it did. I'm calling it aging into health. Now on the cusp of 103, Dr. Gladys joined me from her home in Arizona to tell me her secrets to health and happiness. We discussed ageing into health, femifesting as opposed to manifesting, how divorce was the remaking of her, finding her voice at a cool 93, and why we should all spend our energy wildly. I know this isn't the first time I've said I've found my old bird role model, but seriously, Dr Gladys is it. 
Well, thank you so much for coming on The Shift, Dr. Gladys. I've been so looking forward to talking to you. I'm so grateful to being at, for being asked. Not at all. Not at all. I'm going to start with a really difficult question. Sorry. In your 102 years, can you put a finger on the moment in your life that was the biggest shift, the biggest change for you? This very moment right now. Because each moment of my life has been the very most most important moment of that time to be lived through. Now, the time that I looked into Gandhi's eyes was a very mom- memorable time. But, but as far as important times are concerned, it's each moment as I put my energy into that moment at the time to live it the fullest I can becomes the most important moment of my life. Did you always have that capacity or is that something that you learned? Uh, I don't think I always had it. I think, it, you know, I call it aging into health. Mm. I think it's something you begin to recognize each moment. If you tried to skip one moment of the entire process, you'd miss out on, you know, we, we tell people to just get over it. That's a that's foolish. You don't just get over things. If you live through them, you learn lessons from them, and they become important moments in your life. That's the way it's been for me. I had to learn that. Can you remember the first time that you you kind of realized that, that that started to dawn on you? Well, it's been a hundred years, you know. Yes, yeah. Well, about the time I think I've got something I really understand. Then another thing jumps in on top of that. You see, my eyesight is very poor. I can't read now because my eyes have given me. So my eyesight is very poor. But as my eyesight has gotten poor, my insight has gotten better. So there are things that I understand about life now that I had to learn to understand about life as I went along the way. My childhood in school was the first two years were terrible for me because I couldn't read and couldn't write. The, the diagnosis of dyslexia was not something that people knew. I was just a class dummy, and so the teacher treated me like that, and the other kids treated me like that, and so on and so forth. So my self-image was very damaged at that point at school, not at home. At home, things came back into focus, and I could feel who I was the way I wanted to feel it. You know, I mean, I I was living love at home, and I was living pain in school. So I had two years of that. But my third year in school, the teacher recognized something in me the other had not. So she appointed me class governor because I could talk. I couldn't write or do the other thing, but I could talk. So I became the class governor and I was the one who took the things that we did in third grade to the whole student body and let them, you know, know what we were doing. So uh, those things I could do, the other stuff I couldn't. At one point, the, our class, the third grade, had a play that we presented to the whole student body. And my job was to, it, the play was called The Frog Jumped Over the Pool Pond. 
my job was to jump over the pond because a year older the other than the other kids in the class because I had to stay back because I was so dumb. But, you know, so anyway, but this was my job. My mother made me a um, frog suit and dyed it green. And I walked out on that stage and I knew I was just, I, I was really in charge of everything. As I looked out at the audience, my two older brothers were in the front row of the audience. And it just threw me off my step enough that instead of jumping over the pond, I landed in it. So there I stand. My suit starts to fade, all the colors going out of that. I'm sobbing, I'm crying. I can't can't move. I'm just stuck. And the audience is hysterically laughing. I mean, they thought that was the funniest thing. They're all laughing. Well, of course, they were laughing at me, but I was, you know, so I was done. I thought this was it. This is, you know, the teacher finally came, took me off the play, off the platform, and I the day went on. But when we got home at night, we were sitting at the dinner table, and my mother, who I think was probably my greatest, I don't think, she was my greatest teacher. My mother always could find something a little bit humorous or a little bit different if things were, were dark. So the, my brothers were telling her what was happening and what a great thing it was. I was trying to give them the eye, and they weren't paying attention to me. Finally, my mother said to them, all, now, this was so important in my life. All right, boys, she says, now you've had your fun. What could we do as a family to help Gladys if she ever has this kind of thing happen to her again in the future? And the family then got together and told me, I don't know what they told me, but I do know that whatever it was, my, I took into my very being because this business of dyslexia is like, you know, you have it, you have it. It's, it's what's in your system. And I have stumbled getting up on a platform time after time. But I've always, since that moment, I've always been able to find something that I could say that would get the audience so that they were laughing with me, not against me or not at me. Like I tripped, uh, I remember one, as I was coming up, and I, I got up from, the, and I fell flat. I mean, I flat, I got up, walked to the podium, and stood there and said to the audience, oh, I must be some kind of a drama queen. But the woman who had just introduced me came up to me, and she says, Dr. Gladys, will you come and sit down, please? You're grossing us out, that blood running down the side. Oh, no. no idea. I mean, this was a comedy scene that was really amazing. But but the point was, I had been able to do what my mother had taught me way back then. Just take the moment and use that moment capture your audience and then go on with what it is that you have to say. So it's it's taking the moment and using it in a way that positive and constructive for everybody. It's 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 uh, amazing when you can just do that little switch. You've made a career out of that now, haven't you? Yeah, it has to be that. Yeah. 
<laughs> when um when did you discover that you know what your teachers called dumb was dyslexia? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I went to medical school and it wasn't identified then, but as I got through the years of working with patients and thousands and thousands of uh, things that I've done, it's just that when the world caught up with the world, it became part of what we did. When we started the American Medical Association, the Holistic Medical Association, there was one time when, so that would have been in uh, 78 or something, decades do this to be. We, we started the American Holistic Medical Association, and there were 10 of us physicians sitting around the table. As we were talking, we realized of the, the, of the 10 of us, six of us were severely dyslexic. And we looked at each other and we said, well, that's why we have to have, we have to have found another way of looking at medicine, at the, at the disease and, and, and the pain and all of these things in a different way. So it was a moment a whole group of us understood something about our position in this whole field of healing, which was our own path as we were going through it, sharing that with the patients that we were working with. Because you felt that, didn't you, when you were training as a doctor, which was no small thing to be a woman training as a doctor in World War II, but you felt then, didn't you, that the kind of language around medicine and was wrong? Oh, yes. Yeah. In fact, uh, I went to a woman's medical college in Philadelphia. It was the only medical school in the country that, that was all for women. And we started with um, 50 students and only 25 of us graduated at that year because the whole concept of what we were being taught was that we were going out into a field where the energy was so strong against us as women physicians that we had to be tougher and smarter and meaner and all the rest of it than the guys. So it was that kind of a attitude which I really didn't appreciate. I my, my partly because my mother was a doctor and I knew that that was a sort of a I don't know. It, it, it was too much to push over on the other side. And it was bad enough that the dean sent me to the psychiatrist twice, trying to straighten out my attitude. <laughs> I think the important thing that I have learned, well, one of the things through the years, is that people really, well, particularly we women, teach what we learn if we learn something, we teach it. And I learned through the years that if I paid attention to my dreams, both my daytime dreams and my nighttime dreams, I would get a lot of help. I was not, you know, with all this dyslexia stuff when I was a kid and so on. My self-image, I always, through the years, I didn't trust my own voice. I would write an article, I would do a speech, but I was all of I was looking for approval from other people to say, yeah, that's good. So I must have been in my, I guess I was about 93, like that, when I finally found my own voice. And that was a dream. Woke up with a huge crash. And I, I, I didn't know what it was. I woke up. I was half in the dream, half out of the dream. 
But, but what I saw was that I was in the high Himalayas, where I went to school, but not in the high part, but in the Himalayas. But I was in a valley in the high Himalayas. On the right-hand side, there was a young woman splayed out on the, on the ground. On the left-hand side, there was a man in the same position, huge armor, barely breathing. And the voice said to me, these two forces have been fighting each other through eons of time. It's time they opened their, their fingers and worked together. And that was the message I got up from. I woke up from the dream and I thought, now, wait a minute, wait a minute. The woman was on the right-hand side. That's the masculine side. The man was on the left-hand side. That's the feminine side. So we, in our attempt to do what we felt was so essential for us to do, almost killing each other. And it was time that that, we changed that whole process. So the manifestation is like Jacob's ladder. You take a step in the neck and neck. Manifestation is like a spiral. You can be up on the fifth rung and look down on the second rung and know what's going on. Our feminine nature knows how to do that. I mean, you were saying you didn't find your voice until you were 93. Do you, I mean, you had a huge upheaval, didn't you, just before you were 70 when your your husband decided he wanted a divorce? I was shattered. You'd been married 46 years, hadn't you? Right. Had six children. We started them, uh, the ARE clinic, which had opened up a whole idea of holistic medicine. And, you know, I mean, we had done amazing work together. And now he was asking for a divorce. I mean, it was like everything that I had done was shattered. It was just, I, I felt like I was just floating in the universe. I mean, what good was all of that? However, what had happened in the process of doing that, my youngest daughter was working with us. She had just come as a physician into the practice that we were coming. This, of course, has traumatized all of our children, but she was working with us. So she and I started our own practice, and we were just beginning to work with that, but I was still broken. I was really, really broken. But I was driving home uh, from work to an empty house and all the stuff that goes with that. And I was in the car, and I was crying. I mean, not just crying. I was sobbing. And I was yelling, and I was letting letting the universe know that things aren't right here. This is very wrong. And then I stopped my car. I pulled over to the side of the road, and I'm sitting there thinking, am I going to spend the rest of my life screaming like this and feeling this broken and stuff? So it was a a moment in time that the very um, pain that I was going through became the huge teacher. And so I I truly understand that every experience that we have, the pain, the, the, the disease, the joy, the uh, whatever, every experience we have is there for us to learn from. It's our teacher. And if we can take it and live through that, life becomes a wow. You know, it's a, it's a, I, I can't tell you how, exciting it is to talk to you. 
You have lived a whole other life, haven't you, since you were 70 and become a whole other person, a whole new person. Yeah, I claimed my voice. When I was known, I was forced by my life's process take the responsibility. Finally, it took me a little while to do this, but I finally wrote Bill, my husband, a letter thanking him for giving me my freedom because that's what it did. Uh, allowed me to really look at what I was doing and how important it was to be able to claim what it was that I was claiming. I'm calling it aging into health. So how did he respond when when you wrote that to him? He didn't. He didn't respond. You know, I mean, he was too caught up in his own pain to uh, have any way of responding. But I knew what I had to do, and I did it. And whatever he did was his business. Were you ever tempted to get married again? No. People ask me, were, would ask me, "Are you dating?" And I'd say, oh, "I don't want." take care of another old man, no thank you. And they'd say, well, you could marry a young woman. I said, well, I raised four sons, no thank you. (laughs) As a matter of fact, I still, I learned something. (laughs) It would have been Bill's and my 86th wedding anniversary, and I woke up during the night, and I was saying, I, I wasn't really dreaming, but... I was going back on the wonderful things that Bill and I, life Bill and I had had. And I realized that I had the option really, you know, digging up the pain and the, and the sadness and everything that I had gone through or taking hold of the amazing things that we had done together. And so then I realized, you know, I still love the guy. He, 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 was he and I did things lovingly together. And then he got caught. I, I decided he took a vacation. So whatever he's doing, that's his business. But what we did together was important. And if I didn't recognize that as such, I was diminishing the work that we had done together. And we had done amazing work together. If nothing else, these six children were amazing. But you've done your your work as well. I mean, your work. Oh, yeah. You've had the children, but your work has your, been your life, hasn't it? And it still is, you know. I still have work to do. I really, re- really am looking forward to being able to work with other people, creating a village for living medicine. Because the concept of holistic, well, I was in the grocery store <laughs> time, and uh, pushing my cart through it. And I heard the hardware store down the street announcing itself as a holistic hardware store. <laughs> so I stopped the cart and I said, well, there you have it, you know. It's a household word. No, they don't know what it means, but it's a household word. So we have to come up with another one. And I'd been using the word living medicine. And so now that's the word that that we're using, my Living Medicine Foundation, and we are looking for and working with the concept, creating village for living medicine, where the mo- moment you step on the land, the healing starts. And I'm finding that around the world, there are people that are thinking the same thing, that there, there are 
there is space in our universe for love and life to be the central part of a of a whole community and that community could you know the uh the hatred that's going on in the world the war that's going on right now the pain the suffering and all of that it's been going on for ever ever since Cain and Abel got into their life since we have been human beings on this planet we've been fighting we haven't understood maybe when when god whatever god is to each one of us but created the universe created the whole thing and looked at it and it was beautiful and and uh it was it was something that that was here and had been created and this god whatever uh said to us he created the human being and he said to us as as humans you are the only beings on this earth that uh, in this universe that have the not just the opportunity but the ability to choose and work with your own free will what i'm finding as i'm talking to people all around the world now is that we're being asked to and we are beginning to reclaim our true humanity like little et was looking for going home you know and i'm i'm, I'm feeling this while all the hatred and pain and, and so on is going on in the world there are still our inner core that is reaching for love and life and and the ongoing process which is what we really are capable of it would be so easy at any age wouldn't it to look at what's happening to the planet what like you know as you just said you know the wars and to just despair oh it's so easy to get lost in the darkness if i'm uh, walking down a dark path and but i have a flashlight in my hand and i can walk as far as that flashlight lets me every step that i take and you know i can walk in the light that's okay i'm doing okay i'm doing my stuff but as i go along if i see a little bit, little glimmer of light over to the right or maybe to the left and i put my flashlight at that light it lights up that glimmer so that for that glimmer it expands their able ability to reach out and and take further steps it's that connection i've kind of uh you know how you you put things your mind uh, that allows you to think things through i've come up with five l's that make sense to me the first two are life and love they don't exist without each other that there you can be a little seed in the great pyramid for 5000 years and all the energy of the universe is within your shell but you can't do anything about it until love in the form of water and air and uh sunlight softens your shell and you be who you are your life manifests itself so you come out of the stuck place whatever that stuck place is and you accept love as being the not just the liberating factor but the thing that gives you life and your life comes in and you are who you are but then there's the laughter laughter without love is cruel it's vain 
breaks up families. It causes wars. It's it's just it's it's not healing or anything. It's just nasty. But laughter with love is joy and happiness. The fourth is labor. Labor without love is drudgery. You got to go to work. You got too many diapers. It's just too hard. But labor with love is bliss. And you work twice, 50 times harder because, because this is what juices you up, is to, allows you to allow things. It's why you're doing what you're doing. It's why I'm doing what I'm doing. And, you know, this is hard work. And you do it because, not because I've got to go to work. It's because, oh, I have this to do. You know, it just lights your whole light up and, and here you are. And the, so that's the fourth. And the fifth is listening. Listening without love is empty sound. You know, you can hear the best lecture in the world and not pay any attention to it. It won't mind, mind, um, amount to anything. Or you can hear one word sometime that awakens you because listening with love is understanding. So if we can put our our way of looking at life and working with what's going on in our life within the context of this, at least it gives us a little bit of a structure. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Tell us a little bit more about juice you just mentioned, because juice is absolutely central, isn't it, to your your six secrets for health and happiness? It's our life force. It's what makes us human. My oldest son is a, a retired orthopedic surgeon, and but when he came to through Phoenix, 
ready to go down to Del Rio, Texas, and start his own practice in orthopedic surgery. He, he said to me, Mom, I'm real scared. I'm going into the world. I'm going to have people's lives in my hand. I don't know if I can handle that. And I said to him, well, Carl, if you think you're the one that does the healing, you have a right to be scared. Your job is to do the job that you've learned to do, and it's awesome. I mean, if I have something broken in my body, I want an or a, somebody who knows what to do about it, fix it, you know. I said, it's your job to do what you've learned to do, and that's awesome. You know it, and you work with it, and that's why. But then, as you're doing that, you turn the whole healing process over to the physician within that patient, who is what is the essence of what is being done. It wouldn't do any good. You were just doing the thing. And then they weren't going to follow up on it. If if the physician within your patient wasn't going to follow up, follow up on what you had done, you had not been able to co- to contact with love that physician within the patient. The patient will, wouldn't be able to really handle that very well. And my third son has a, a he has a human potential center in Austin, Texas. Okay. So he was doing, he had a conference and I did a lecture and, and he was, he stood up to do his part of it. And he says, well, I need to say to the audience that I come from a very weird family. <laughs> and that everybody laughed. And, but the next person who spoke at that conference said, she says, you know, I was born in Wales. And in the, we Welsh people, when we greet each other in the morning, we don't say, Good morning. We say, how's your weird? Because we understand what we have in us, human quality, and we want to know if the other person has feels that too. So when you realize that around the world, humans who have never knew anything about each other be in Wales and say to each other, and how's your weird? And the rest of us are using the weird as like, uh, don't, you know, I love that. I might adopt that. Yeah. How's your weird? Sid? Oh, my weird's fine. You know, <laughs> <laughs> one of your the sixth secret, in fact, I think, is spend your energy wild, wildly, uh-huh. which I absolutely love. Can you explain what you mean by that? Because you don't really mean just no. be wild with your energy, do you? No, no, just running around wildly. No. Yeah. no. But not to be afraid to spend it because you can't, you can't bank it. You know, life has to move and your energy has to be working or it, it dies. If you're not, if you're not spending your energy so that it's moving and wildly, uh, it, 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 it can't go. It, It can't, it can't live. You know, I had a, Example of this, this is what I mean by wildly, that you don't restrict. If you have the opportunity to do something, do it. If it's something that it seems to be right. I had a really good friend. We'd been friends for years. We had to put him in a nursing home because his cognitive ability was just going away. He just, 
he really didn't know what was going on. He, so dementia was moving in and, and uh, all of that. He was still a dear friend, and I went to visit him, and I took him a little little plant, and I said to him, James, now this little plant, now he didn't understand. I, he didn't recognize what I was saying, and this when I was saying it, okay? So I said, now you put it in the window here so that it gets sunlight, but you need to give it water because it needs water. So you give it water, and he was, you know. So I gave him the plant, and I left it there. I didn't know, you know, he may knock it down, and who knows what's going to happen. But the plant, it was a reason I loved this man, and he was doing the things that, you know, he couldn't do. Anyway, a week later, I came back, and he met me at the door. And he, he opens the door, and he says, magic, magic. And I said, what, what? And he takes me over to the wall where the air conditioning box was. And he says, box, you push this button and the whole room gets cool. And the plant loves it. And he says, push this button, hot. The plant doesn't love it. He had taken this little plant. I gave it to him. Why I gave it to him, I, I had no reason. I didn't know whether he could take care of it or not. He had taken that and was using that to connect in a way that otherwise he couldn't connect with the world around him. It's, it's using it however the opportunity is, show love and let yourself be part of other people around, part of your community. We all need each other. We don't do well if we're totally isolated. So allowing it to be something that really make, maybe makes no sense. I mean, I had no sense in giving him that little plan, but look what it did. It's because when you do something with love and you're not second guessing yourself, you're not thinking, well, that's stupid or, you know, and, and limiting it, thinking that you have to bank it or save it or something. You can't save it. You have to use it. Society, I guess, is so driven by how things look rather than how they feel. And for so, I think a lot of women are still quite anxious about aging. What would you say to them? Well, I call it aging into health because the whole longevity part of medicine right now is a big thing. People are talking about longevity having conferences about longevity and all of that. And I think that's wonderful. I think longevity, just for itself, it's like I have a really good friend, really doesn't understand what <laughs> what she and I have been talking about for eons. She now is in her late 90s, and she said to me a while, a month or so ago, I get up in the morning and I think, oh, what's an, oh, another day? So she's dragging herself through the whole process of aging. For me, it's such an amazing time to get up and realize that the sun did come up, you know, and I've got stuff to do and I need to move my body. I try to walk 3,800 steps a day. I don't always make it. It's because my body has to move. If I just get up and go sit in my chair, uh, I, which I can do, 
I, 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 no, you know, my body has to move. Not only my body, but my mind. If I can't read, I can listen to, to audiobooks, and that's what I'm doing. It's a, you find a way in which you can continue, allow you and your community to expand and, and, and feel the, the joy of, of life. Because, you know, if you continue to look at things that are going wrong in this world, and you're looking over your left shoulder and trying to see what's going on, and it's, oh, it's, that's terrible, that's terrible, you're going to get your neck stiff. And then you move it. You have a walking around with a stiff neck. If you can just move that neck forward towards the light and try to move forward, you know, it stays okay. You can move it. It's so true. So true. Can I ask you the questions that I always ask at the end of the podcast? Mm-hmm. Okay, so the first one is what is your emotional age? My emotional age depends on, on what's happening. That's okay. You know, I can be two with my two-year-old grandchildren, or I can be 102 with you. You must get people all the time want to know your secret, not just because it's not just about the fact that you're 102, nearly 103, and still thriving, but really thriving. Doing, do you get people think that you've got some magic bullet? I think they have it within themselves. And the, and the secret is to look within. It's not something that I can give you. It's something that you have to find for yourself. And you find it within yourself. It's that God L part of yourself that is there to be expressed. Take the five L's and, and use them however it works for you to use. It's the importance of keeping life moving, understanding that love is the great healer of all healing aspects of our our humanity. Love is the great healer. And as we claim that and use that, it's amazing how other things change. Uh, what advice would you give younger women? Don't give up. Don't give up. My dad used to, if I was playing and, and I'd say, oh, I give up. My dad would look at me and say, are you a quitter? Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not. don't give up. Keep going because it's, you'll find it. If you're looking for the light, it's there. The light's always there. You know, maybe, maybe moonlight or starlight or sunlight, but light is always there. It's we who shut the, shut it out, and and it may not be the right time. Like it might be the middle of the night. It might not be the right time for you to see it. But if you're looking for it, it's going to come into your life. And uh, well, it is in your life. You'll see it. <laughs> but you need to look within because you, a gorgeous human being, no matter who you are. As you've aged, who is there an older woman who has, you know, who has inspired you? Well, the funny thing is we've kind of gotten older together. <laughs> you know, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross was a good friend of mine, but she died. It's not, it's not the, the number. It's the fact that 
uh, my three-year-old great-great-granddaughter can teach me something. What's your superpower? My superpower is love. I knew you were going to say that, and that is so true. It is. It's amazing. And the last one is how much do you care what other people think? Well, I think it's important to hear what other people think and then work, decide whether that's what you think and whether it's, it works within my own process. Like my, the friend that I spoke about who gets up in the morning and says, oh, another day. If I let her thoughts color my day, I'll have a, oh, another day. But if I can let her have her thoughts and be the person that I know she really could be and could be enjoying the things that are around her, uh, then I step into judgment and that doesn't help her. It doesn't help me. So if I judge what other people think about what I say or do, it doesn't really help anybody. So my focus is on having my message clear enough that I can share it with people and risk the possibility. I can't tell you the names that I was called when we started the American Holistic Medical Association. It's uh, They're not important because they, they came and went. Well, people have the right to think what they think. And that's okay. Oh, Dr. Gladys, thank you so much. It's been such a privilege to talk to you. <laughs> thank thank you. you. I really appreciate it. Thank you for being there. Thank you for listening. If you loved this episode, you might also like my conversations with Hilma Wolitzer and Isabel Allende. You'll find a link to them in the show notes. You can hear a new episode of The Shift each Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you hear, please do rate, review and follow because it really does help other people find us. And if you'd like more of The Shift in your life, head over to theshiftwithsambaker.substack.com and sign up for weekly newsletters, podcast extras and more. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., 